Hey there, welcome to episode five of season seven of the Simplify and Multiply show. And today my guest is Caroline Nuttall. And today Caroline and I are going to talk about really elevating the quote unquote, make yourself an expert through the kind of publishing that is more thought provoking outside of the box. I hate that cliche, but it's so appropriate in this particular situation. So you're not just another run-of-the-mill expert, but you are actually causing thought-provoking experiences of those who consume your stuff. So that way they reach out to you and want to consume more. So let's go ahead and talk about that today with Caroline Nuttall. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Hey, Caroline, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. What is going on with you, girl? Hi, Terry. It's so nice to see you. I'm pandemic here. Your roots look great. I mean, you just look like you're thriving. So it's great to see you. Oh my gosh. I know. It's like the the endless carousel ride. We just can't seem to get off. It's ridiculous. But let's focus on some good content so we can keep our listener engaged and cheery and, and excited about becoming a writer extraordinaire. So you're, I wanted to have now, first of all, just so for the listener's sake, uh, Caroline and I met at the 2019 uh, winter conference at the National Speakers Association. So every summer they have influence, which is like, hey, it's a free for all. It's a great program. And then in the winter, they have a very marketing business development focused conference called Winter. And so Caroline did an amazing breakout session that I was just like sitting in the front row, clapping at everything she said. She <laughs> said, I think, Caroline, I think if you remember, you were saying like, I was, I, I wish that I had a hundred of you in every one of my breakout sessions, oh, Terry. <laughs> I mean, every speaker needs a Terry in their session. It's just the go. greatest thing ever. I fed off <laughs> it so much. I'm like, wow, super fan in the front Well, row. you know Love what? It. You were great, though. And, you know, it's so important because I was, like, so tracking with what you were saying. And there's not enough people out there saying what you have been saying. And this is what I'm bringing to my listener here on this particular episode. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the book publishing side of things, but I also want to get into talking about, for solopreneurs especially, uh, how content marketing really can be looked upon as something incredibly powerful when it's done right. And it will build your business like crazy. And and I'm so super focused on this. And, you know, I don't know, Caroline... um, I, I interviewed Marcus Sheridan, who wrote You Ask, They Answer, and he is a huge content marketing advocate. And so this is I'm, I'm loving how it's it's kind of like turning more into this content marketing themed combined with the book publishing. But it's all in one big bucket. It really is. So uh, so let's go ahead and let's start a little bit about just talking about having that expert. Why would they write a book? Why would that be designed in such a way to build their business. Sure. Well, and and this is really step one of it. But step one is really just looking at a book as 
as really a, a core foundational piece of an overarching authority marketing strategy. There's kind of two lanes that you can use to grow the business. One is what we think of as very traditional marketing, which is around the corporate brand. Right. Uh, the problem with that is just, I mean, as you know, we just live in this highly commoditized world, just so mm -hmm. much competition and how do you really differentiate? It's really difficult and expensive to really stand out on the corporate brand level. If you're number one, number two in the market, you've kind of got that, but otherwise you're never going to be able to out market someone like that on the corporate level. The other thing is that there's not necessarily a growing distrust of corporate brands, although post pandemic and post all of this, I think actually there will be a growing distrust of corporate brands. No kidding. Uh, but just because of all the competition, I like to say it's never been easier to be ignored. And so if I'm a potential customer or investor or someone who's key influencer to, to growing your business and I'm getting served up an ad or an e-newsletter from the corporate brand, it's like, I get it. You're a company and I'm expecting to be marketed to. And so my guard is up. In, in, in some kind of way. Whereas, Terry, if I listen to your podcast, if I see you give a keynote speech, if I read your book, I'm expecting to learn, right? Mm -hmm. I'm really expecting to be educated from a subject matter expert, a thought leader in his or her space. And so the acceleration of trust and credibility and relationship is just tenfold. And so I actually come from a very strong marketing background. It it still surprises me how many companies, solopreneurs or big companies, continue to kind of lead with their corporate brand when what we've really seen is a very strategic elevation of the mission-driven thought leadership of, of the founder, of the entrepreneur, of the CEO that really serves as an on-ramp to the business itself. And so anytime that you're leading with the person, with the thought leadership of the individual, that's what we would consider, you know, an authority marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we just, I tend to put a book as the most foundational piece just because frankly, I mean, the, the barrier to entry is higher, right? Everyone has a blog these days. Everyone has an e-newsletter, not everyone has a book or not everyone has eight like you do. Um, and, <laughs> and also, it's just whether it's rational or not, still as humans, we just place the highest amount of authority on authors. You know, if you're the one who writes the book on it, you're really, you've staked your claim in that. You've really, yeah. you're, you're seen as the leader in that field. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and you know, I since our, our audience is solopreneurs, right? So this is what I constantly reinforce with my clients and my members of Pappy Club is that when you design a business of you, meaning it's around what you're passionate about, what you're polarizing <laughs> topics about, what you believe is true and not true, and why you take the stand you take is so much more appropriate for a solopreneur because they're a lot closer to their audience. If you're in a large corporation, you know, making yourself stand out, like having a byline in a column or, or something, you know, uh, is, is one way to do that. And a lot of corporations are pushing more of their, you know, kind of more opinionated uh, folks out there in front of the public because they're like the bland, uh, bland brand advocates that, that can do that. So <clears throat> when you're looking at a solopreneur who's really taking a position about authority, 
what I still see, and I and I I'm really learning a lot about content marketing and really refining that a good bit. But what I see with solopreneurs doing is they still focus on the how-to. They still focus on uh, it's like they need to prove that they know what they're talking about. And it's so frustrating because they hide behind that. And I will raise my hand and say, I used to do that as well. And it wasn't until I started this doing this show and created Pappy Club that I really saw how passionate I am about solopreneurism and about empowering the individual who's creating a person, a business of one lifestyle business that they don't have to suffer with the things that most solopreneurs suffer with, you know, as far as loneliness and and not having resources, not having revenue to invest like a big company would. And so I think it's really important for you to talk more about what that authority means and how is it distinct from the quote unquote how to expert who's basically answering the same thing somebody would find on Google. There's so many things I want to say to that. First of all, <laughs> good. I was a solopreneur for a decade and under multiple businesses. So, I mean, my heart bleeds for solopreneurship. And it is, I used to say that there should be a support group uh, for recovering solopreneurs because it can be, I mean, it can be such a challenge. It It's a beautiful thing, but it can also be such a grind. It can be... Mm. All of those kinds of things. So I totally hear you. And also in terms of the just authority with solopreneurs, look, you're you're absolutely right that even on a big corporate brand level, we're seeing it. It's why Mark Benioff writes Trailblazer for Salesforce. It's why the CEO of Zappos writes Happiness. I mean, you see it on big levels. In terms of the solopreneurs, I actually, when you really are a business of one, it almost becomes less of an opportunity to write a book and and lead with authority marketing and more of the cost of doing business. I just think it's essential. You have to, it it can never rest on the brand only and it has to be on you. Um, I wanna touch on this before we even get into the content because you said (laughs) that so many kind of hold back because you see that they are, I don't know, trying to prove that they know their stuff. That they know stuff, yeah. Something. And I and I will say, usually I kind of talk about this at the end, but because you brought it up right in the beginning, I do believe that there is a huge barrier here that stops us, particularly when we're solopreneurs and we are really desperately trying to make it work. So we're following mm-hmm. best practices and we are yeah. trying to build the the systems even on a small scale to be able to make it work. And I actually, I love this, these letters, W-K-Y-S. And I think every solopreneur, every entrepreneur needs to constantly be thinking about these letters, W-K-Y-S. So what is W-K-Y-S? My dear friend, Andrew Davis, who's a prolific author and speaker and just a brilliant marketer, he was submitting his first book and his author, sorry, his editor came back and it was all marked up and everywhere in the margin was written WKYS, WKYS. And he's looking this up on Google. What is this? What is this? Couldn't find anything. And so the next time they (laughs) talked, she's like, how are my notes? And he said, great, but I just have one question. What is WKYS? And she said, it means we know you're smart. Ah, beautiful. Stop 
proving it. Stop trying to prove it. We know you're smart. Mm. And so say something that leads us. And so that really is the crux, I think, of when you are actually creating this thought leadership content. I always say, you know, where's the thought in thought leadership, right? Where's the the note in the keynote? Um, it, it really comes down to the fact that I have a matrix, which is hard to do on audio, but pretty much where everyone tends to live is in what I would call the what-how space. What you do and how you do it. The expertise in which you have to do it. This is kind of where all the experts are. This is what I do and these are all my credentials of how I'm actually doing it. And this is where most people are. And they are in the WKYS trap. They're really going, I know my stuff. I'm an expert. I can do it like this. Right. And they don't even know they're doing it. That's what's even funnier. They think that they're, and, and this was me for a while because, you know, I've been shooting tip videos forever and I, I was kind of doing the same thing. How to, how to, how to. And, uh, but now that's totally shifted for me. But, but yeah, I'm sorry. I just got excited because well, and you're frankly, right. Frankly, <laughs> it's, it's safe. And mm -hmm. what I also think is our society has been told it's smart. It's the way to show you're smart and the way to show you're credible. And look, we do live in a world where so much is manufactured online that it might even be going, well, no, I, I have all the credentials. I have all the expertise. But the problem is, first of all, there's people catapulting ahead of you without getting stuck in that mm -hmm. uh, and not worrying about actually building up all of the years of the how-to to enable you to be qualified to talk about such a thing. Uh, the other thing is just there's just a sea of sameness. Ugh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I love that expression. It's true, though. I mean, that's the, yeah. so the reality. It's true. You could, I mean, I Googled, to prep for a speech once about this, I Googled experts in aromatherapy. And there's millions on Google. <laughs> and when you look even at all these people's sites, they look the exact same. The same. Mm. And it's just how do you really differentiate? Because as humans, we, we aren't the same, but we are, we are, we are essentially putting ourselves in these boxes to, I don't know, we're wearing this like, I'm a serious solopreneur mask yeah. and I know how to do this and this is my, these are the best practices and I'm legit. And so we, we really get stuck in this trap when what we've really seen is a, a significant shift into the fact that it's almost like the how to the what, the how to, it's, it's kind of expected. We right. just assume if you're in business, you can do it. Mm -hmm. What we really have seen a shift in is that people buy people. I want to know who you are, not even necessarily what you do. I want to know why you do it, not necessarily how you do it. And so the more that we can shift from that, what, how in, in this kind of expert mode into more of the who and why, this is really where people buy. And what's amazing is that in this realm, when you can lead with this, you stand out from that sea of sameness because you are truly unique as an individual and you're letting your thoughts, your ideas, all of these things take front, front, center, front and center. Right. The other thing is that 
you own the customer in this realm. And so ultimately, if you're in the what, how to, you can only sell the widget that you sell. You can only sell the one thing that you sell. When you're in the why, who, people, your customers will buy anything you sell. I was recently at a Rise Business Conference with Rachel Hollis, and I cracked up because she said, I could sell all y'all tube socks if I wanted to. <laughs> and I thought, that is she's true. right. She's right. Because we're in love with her as a person. In yeah. who, exactly. In the who, why. Uh, that's really something. That's really something. And, you know, it's funny because I got acquainted with this because, you know, in our own stuff, we don't see it like <laughs> like I can all day and all night help my clients and members of Happy Club. But with my own stuff, I always struggle with it. But it was funny. I got feedback a while back and I went on a Zoom call with with a, a lovely woman, Sarah, and she was just right from the get go. I had her. I was full of energy and I'm like, hey, girl, you know, just like how I am on the podcast and stuff. And she's like, oh, my gosh, Terry says, I looked at your stuff. Uh, on your website, and it doesn't convey like your real energy. She said, that would be the first thing I would help you do is <laughs> take yourself and somehow get that more into the site uh, of what you're doing. Because I, I did when I, this is my Better 3 site, right, which is my agency. And and it's something I wrote, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago. <laughs> I hate to say it's still that kind of dated. But, <laughs> you know, the cobbler's kids don't have any shoes, right? Um but it's funny because I was trying to come across as very clear with my message, very professional, you know, let's get to the point kind of thing. I wasn't infusing it with Terry. You know, it wasn't until other areas of that site and maybe my videos or the now the podcast will allow Terry to <laughs> come to the party. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. It's so, so it's true. And Terry, I will just say, if you go to so many people's websites. And mm -hmm. I mean, I know solopreneurs, they pour over their site, they're pour, pouring over all their copy. They all look the same. I mean, every about page, it's the same. Every kind of what they do, it's the same. And it is because of that, that exact thing. Like you said, it's the, it's the WKYS. It's the, I'm going to do my best practices. I'm going to look very professional. Mm -hmm. I'm going to look legit and all the stuff. And what happens is it just ends up being so watered down because yeah. you're about your, everything sounds just like everyone else. You know, I am someone who I don't know if I just have so many friends who are life coaches or if just everyone's a life coach, but I swear I the, think last, the latter's true. <laughs> my last friend who said that she was going to be a life coach, I was like, you have to stake your claim and stand for something. Because if there is just one more life coach, it's what? Why would I go with that life coach as opposed to this life coach? It's just, it's an, it's exhausting even as a consumer to even know. And that's why we end up just doing what our friend recommends. And then ultimately, then you have no control over it. The more you really embrace who you are and the more you really convey it. And I actually think even in this day and age, you really need to amplify that in a bigger mm. way it's kind of like if you're on stage right i used to be in theater you're on stage you wear bigger makeup you project right. louder all of these kinds of things because y you have to really amplify bigger it's the same thing with just so much stuff online so much competition so much just noise and our attention going down you've got to really amplify it it's not quite a caricature of yourself but but a little bit so, um, you know, I talk about being a big fish and, 
And so I call it your fishy factor, like what makes you really <laughs> unique like and that. different. And here's the key is that fishiness is noticeable. Yeah. It's Especially after three days. <laughs> right. You can't just smell like everyone else, you know? And so you've really got to take it and, and go big with it. Otherwise, you'll just blend in with everybody else. And you know, what's really cool, and it hit me as I was listening to you, it's like this episode is a perfect example of what you're distinguishing. And I say that because the the theme of this season is all about how uh, writing a book that builds your business, right? So a lot of people are going to tune in to like the hear the secret how to's, like best practices, shortcuts on, you know, how do I write? You know, how do I get a writer's block, blah, 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 blah. How do I find a publisher, all that stuff? Mm-mm. No, what we're doing is we're tickling you with a feather and having you look at something differently. And I that's why I was so excited about having you on the show is because this is super important. Now, you talk a lot about in, in your content, you talk a lot about building your authority by honing your vision. So, you know, when you move from that how to and that expert overpopulated quadrant into the upper right quadrant, which is um, more about how to think, how do you strike a balance if you're a solopreneur and you know your stuff and you're, you have your position, right? So you've already kind of created that personality, that personal brand. Um, how do you satisfy the, the listener or the viewer, uh, the potential client in such a way that they get that you're an expert and you can help them, but that you're also answering their question because, you know, obviously Marcus Sheridan's talking all about that's how you get your, that's what births your content is. What are the questions that your audience is asking? But I think that there's a balance between answering their question and then provoking thought. So talk a little bit about that. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Whether you want to write a book to help build your business or it's simply a passion project, writing is a powerful form of creative self-expression. If your ideas will transform the lives of others, what are you waiting for? Let it pour out of you. A writer's journey is just that, a journey. Be honest, be real, and most importantly, be yourself. But if you're struggling to get it done, confused about how to tie it into your business, or dealing with a chronic creative block, get the guidance to get it done. If you want the creative fuel, the nurturing, and the challenge to make your book the best it can be, Pappy Club is the place for you. Join Pappy Club and discover how you can express your perspectives through something that strengthens your brand, your business, and supports the lifestyle you want. Try it for free by visiting pappyclub.com, and that's P-A-P-P-Y-C-L-U-B.com to sign up now, and I'll see you there. Yeah, absolutely. And look, it's true. I mean, you do want, you've got really valuable information. And when somebody, when someone hears you speak or reads your book, you want them to be better off, you know, whatever you want to make sure that it's valuable, what you're giving them. Yeah, that that they're empowered to actually be in action and and get a solution because that's the reason for coming to you to begin with. So you don't want to, you don't want to frustrate them and just give them opinion. Otherwise just go turn on the news, right? Because that's all that is. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so I do think it's not about just leading with theory or ideas or what have you. I mean, ultimately you're, you're solving you're solving problems and you're giving solutions. And so I do think that there is an element of how to in the way that is empowering. I just think that how to without 
any kind of vision without any kind of real uh, viewpoint is just lacking. And so I, I often find one of the best ways to really start, look, Terry, we're never going to have a problem doing the how-to. It's our, it's right. going to be our comfort zone. We're we going to know to how to do that. it. We really you, have to trust that. Right, you know? exactly. It's never going to be a problem. And sometimes even just if you're giving a speech or something, just make sure you've got, okay, some actionable steps, some actionable things that that they can do because some people will want that, right, that list, they'll mm -hmm. want the action. I think the place we need to push ourselves more is in really leading thought. And usually where I would say that starts is thinking about what bugs you. What bugs you because our we actually we run as humans more toward pain than than wait, we run away from pain more than we do towards pleasure. Right. And yes. so if we start with what bugs us. <laughs> Every salesperson us, on the planet knows that. <laughs> if we start with what bugs us, what is broken, you know, what is the conventional mm -hmm. wisdom saying that it is that we, that, that even got us to be a solopreneur. I mean, my gosh, mm -hmm. something sparked, you know, something like lit you on fire so much that, that it helped you start your own business and all of that. And that's really when you start honing in on, what you're really solving on the problem, why everyone else is doing this wrong, why you are the one who is really looking at this differently, then what you're doing is you are shifting someone's thinking. You're shifting someone's thinking. You're making them go, huh, I never thought about it like this. Or wow, I was just doing it this way without even thinking about that. And that's where then you want to focus in on the then the actionable steps and the how-to. Because once you're leading someone's thought, then they are really, they're, they're along for the ride with you, right? Mm -hmm. If someone shifts your perspective, then you don't just go, go back to Google and say, oh, who are all the people who can actually do the how-to of this for me? They're really along for the ride with you. So that's kind of where you need to start. And then, yes, I agree that ultimately you need to equip people with action so they feel empowered and mm -hmm. understand, um, you know, how to be able to do that, whether they ever work with you or not. Right, right. And which, you know, I used to give this example where I would talk about people when they are trying to solve a problem on their own. We always try to figure stuff out on our own. It's just how the brain processes life. <laughs> you know, how can I survive this situation? I need to hang a painting on the wall. <laughs> how do I do that? Right. So the initial thing is to solve within self first. And when that doesn't work, then the the search begins, whether it's on Google or asking your friend or whatever. But that search is already created in a context of what that person has already tried to do or what they think should be done. And I think this is a really important thing to understand because when you come at them with a different perspective or something that is thought provoking, like, well, maybe you don't need to hang that picture. Maybe you just need to wallpaper that wall. Or maybe you need to freaking move. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? You don't you don't need a hammer and a nail, right? That's the how-to video. What you need is like step back and say, okay, what is going on in this room? I don't like this room. Well, then freaking move, right? <laughs> That's exactly I mean, it, Terry. And what you're really doing is you're owning that moment of inspiration, True. right? Because you are you are owning that very beginning part of the realm. And then it's very possible that then the person may go, oh, wow, they changed my thinking. And then they go and really think about how they're going to do it themselves before they even come back to you. And but get a better you, result than they would have originally had. Yeah, exactly. When you own that very beginning, then you really own the customer. 
And I was just going to point that out because you said that earlier, and I wanted to come back to that because owning the customer, I wanted you to define what that is, and that's a perfect look at us coming together and creating something cool. (laughs) We're just jabbing here. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Oh, this is awesome, Caroline. So let's get over to talking a little bit about books because these are all great things about expertise and content. I mean, you're going to create all kinds of content, whether it's audio, video, text, you name it, right? And whatever else they're going to come up with in five, 10 years or some new technology, virtual something. Um, But I'd like to talk specifically about books. And, you know, this is obviously your specialty at what you do at Forbes Books and Forbes Speakers and helping that expert elevate uh, their position and their platform and their brand. And so when you're looking at a solopreneur from the standpoint of like, let's say they don't have a book, but they have this you know, passion, this place where they can live in that upper right quadrant, where they can be that authority with personality, with opinion, with, you know, the polarization factor and and the fishiness. (laughs) And all of that can generate some really great experiences for their readers and their viewers and their, their customers, really. So what are some of the things that they should think about in the, in the realm of this conversation when they're looking at that book? Sure. So a, a couple things before we, I mean, and I'm happy to really dive into actual super tactical around a book, right? We'll get to those. We'll save that steps. for episode two <laughs> or some I, training inside Pappy Club. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just want to say that the very beginning is really, again, you've got to think about, I see too many people come to do books and ultimately they're just thinking of it as a collection of their expertise. Right. Uh, and and it and then what happens is that just becomes a really big expensive business card, and <laughs> that that has uh, we know you're smart on the front cover, right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Might as well just put a WKYS stamp on it. And so I just I always encourage people to really think through in the very beginning what is what do they stand for. To mm. me, a book should really, it should stand for something. It should have a, an idea, a core idea, a central theme, something that really is a, a solution, a framework, a, a problem, but something that is a very core idea to the book. And my big thing is just always telling people, just say something. Mm. I think a, a lot of times the reasons people don't want to even put something forth that forth like that in a book is because they're not a researcher or they're not you know an economist who has all of this background research to be able to prove their theory or something it doesn't matter it doesn't <laughs> okay matter, yeah. all that really matters i mean cuz you're not presenting it like that kind of book you don't mm-hmm. have to be the guru it's just the guide right so it's your perspective as soon as people realize True. it's just my perspective it's my i it's my thought process then it enables them to feel more open to be able to put something forth in a book. You don't have to have proven it in some sort of lab in a major way. And so a lot of times it can just be truly based on your experience, just some case studies of folks that you've worked with, things that you've seen work. Um, You're just giving guidance to people. So that's what I would say just in the very beginning before you even go into a book project, really think through 
if this book is going to stake my claim somewhere, I'm going to plant my flag here. Mm -hmm. You know, what is it that I want to own? What, what is it that, what is the idea or, you know, the, just the, the vision that I really want to stand for? Yeah, I like that. And, and I think I'm coming more and more, you know, for every book I write, you know, each one has a different purpose, but I've kind of gone away from the how-to thing. But it's interesting, the, the the two books that I wrote for Confident Entrepreneur, which was a brand that I was I was going to do a whole series of guides and ended up getting inspired by some other things and went off on That's a, you know, happens. down that rabbit hole, you know how it goes. But <laughs> that rabbit hole of Compass Playbook. But the one I'm writing now is called Flying Solo, and I want it to be a survival guide to solopreneurs. And I really feel that because people really want to, like you were saying, really want to know the person and create that relationship. Um, I, I want to tell my story. So it's almost going to be part memoir, part prescriptive, if you will. Love that. You know, like this is what I learned from this experience, you know, <laughs> get out of your own way and stop trying to make everything perfect kind of thing. So I really feel more confident and and I'm pointing this out to the listener, whether you're starting your first book or you're on your seventh uh, it doesn't matter. Each each one's going to be a different experience for you. And I think that for every book you write or every piece of content you create, you get more and more confident. And I work with a lot of my clients who are new to video or they're new to podcasting. Um, and they're, you know, once they, once I help them get out of their own way, as far as their insecurities around, you know, kind of stepping forward and, and staking a claim, as you say, um, they really start thriving because they are in their space of comfort, which is, I'm passionate about this. You know, this is how I feel about this. And this is, and so they get to infuse some of their opinion along with the how-to. And often the how-to can be a little different than most of the how-tos out there because they're shedding a different perspective on it, a different light on it. So um, when you're looking at someone who's doing a book and let's say they're obviously going to be doing a lot of content marketing um, that kind of dovetails into that. What are some of the things that can work really well from the standpoint of not necessarily directly promoting the book through like writing blog articles, doing videos or whatever, but building on the expertise in authority and their personality and who they are through this content. Like what are some ways, or maybe you can give some examples of people who do this really well. Yeah. I mean, and that's actually, that goes perfectly into the second thing really to think through with a book prior to approaching it is, is what is, what is really the strategy of the book? And by that, I, I kind of mean twofold. One is what is the actual business strategy and the back end goals of the book? And mm -hmm. then a bit to your point here is what is the leverage strategy of how I'm actually going to accomplish that? How am right. I actually going to use the book? Because to your point, a lot of people think of a book is still in a little bit of a traditional way that's like marketing the book and I don't know, going on a book tour and right. just it's less about actually marketing the book and more about leveraging the book. So and and I truly I do think that the goals of the book will guide you in a big way in terms of what is the best publishing model for you and how you want to go about it and all of that. Um, so usually what you know, what we would say the, the most strategic use of a book is really to use it as a very strategic marketing asset 
to grow the back end of the business. And usually that is, and probably for solopreneurs, pretty much 100% of the time, it's going to be in client acquisition. It might be in if they're going to do a right raise, uh, you know, fundraising raise or something like that. Um, they could use it for investors or things of that nature. Uh, you know, for larger companies, it might be more like talent acquisition and retention. But pretty much, let's just say for client acquisition, you want more clients and you want to increase lead flow. You want to get inbound people coming to ask to work work with you instead of having just an outbound sales model and all of that. Uh, now, some people, that may not be the goal. Some people may want to speak more. And they really want their their business to just be completely really around speaking. And there's not necessarily a back end of the business that they're promoting, but that speaking and speaking fees is their business. Mm-hmm. Others still may want to, uh, others may want to be a New York Times bestseller and actually just be an author and have their revenue come from, from that. Like they are a writer and there's no back end of the business. I would say typically, and, and certainly the, the folks that I'm working with, are, are more solopreneurs who have a business in place and mm-hmm. ultimately want to use a book as a marketing platform to drive uh, back-end business. So, uh, and, and really the reason that that is important is really gonna be what's the path to ROI. Mm-hmm. And, and that is good to know because sometimes there there isn't a path to ROI. I mean, yeah. Or it's and so usually, indirect, it's hard. It's like obfuscated, you know. You can't really see the direct line because there's. It's more of a, an influencer. Like it puts out this vibration. <laughs> sometimes there is not a direct line. Although I will say that with solopreneurs, if they're using it as a marketing asset, it usually is a pretty direct right. path, which is client acquisition. Client acquisition yeah. is a very clear path, right? Like how many mm-hmm. new clients do I get from this book? Um, but but what I mean more is like. If, if the, let's say there's no backend business or it's uh, a very small backend business, like you sell backpacks and, and, you know, it's $20 a backpack and something like that. Um, right. And, and then the biggest path to ROI is going to be in book sales, which right. is not a great path to ROI, um, simply yeah. because as, as anyone knows, I'm sure who's, who's published a book, <laughs> you know, you don't make a lot per book that's, that no, sells. No. Um, now that, that's certainly a way. And look, if that's just the passion, I mean, I've had people who just yeah. altruistic in nature and they just want to get their message out and ultimately are okay with sort of a long-term brand lift. That's totally fine. Um, again, the ones I think were that I work with that I serve best and that ultimately are probably using a book as the most in the most strategic way is is if that book evangelizes the mission of what it is oh, that I you that. do on the back end. I love that. You know, serves as like the mothership exactly. for all of your thought waves that go out into the universe, right? And and that's why I agree with you. It's so important to have a strategy for that writing project. And But I also think it can be a great, to use mothership again, a great source that can spawn out a lot of the content marketing that comes back to support that book. And it all kind of ties together. And, and it's almost like having one like Bible, so to speak, of your position, what you stand for, and, and some how-to in there as well. And really just kind of pulling all these little lessons out of it. Like it's your guidebook for all things in your particular area. 
and all the content marketing you're doing supports that and totally. kind of I, I love yeah. I love using the book as kind of the foundational piece because mm -hmm. the book makes a keynote speech for two years. The book yeah. makes all of your content marketing and social media posts for the next year or two. The book uh, can be used to increase speaking opportunities, increase PR opportunities. You can attach like a lead magnet to it. Uh, for instance, one of the books that we wrote is called the The Confidence Code, and in this book they talk about how women in general are more competent in the workplace and men are more confident and sadly in the workplace what is generally rewarded more is confidence and mm, so men are getting promoted and and getting those higher salaries and everything and so as part of this book we we launched a, a quiz an assessment to called the confidence quiz and so things like that where then if they're speaking or on a podcast interview like this and they say hey where can our readers get more information or our listeners get more information? They can say, well, we set up a confidence quiz to see where you rank in confidence and things like that, where yeah, you can actually then use it as lead generation. Um, so there's a lot of definite, there's a lot of different kind of levers to pull with mm -hmm. that book. And I do think a leverage strategy is, is really vital to how you're going to use the book as well, because trust me, it is not just if you build a book, they will come. <laughs> uh, my CEO, actually, with Advantage Force Books, Adam Witte, wrote a great book with Dan Kennedy called Book the Business. And it's mm -hmm. a very tactical, practical guide of all the ways that you can use the book and actually mm -hmm. use it in your sales and marketing funnel and use it for PR. And that typically tends to be the better leverage strategy to the more direct path to ROI being client acquisition. Well, I will tell you this, you know, books have made a big difference in my business, in the work I do. And, you know, I'm a 30 plus, almost 40 year veteran of marketing and communications, and I'm still learning new things. And it comes from books. And um, my models in my business were influenced by books. And the way I write has been influenced by books. So these are really important tools that are not going away any soon, anytime soon. And I love that I'm dedicating this season to really kind of unpacking this beyond what the normal <laughs> how-to experts would be talking about when it comes to writing a book that builds your business. And Caroline, I am so happy that you're here, that we had this conversation, and I will definitely bring you back again and also have you do some contributions inside Pappy Club because you have so much great stuff to share for my listener and for my Pappy Club members. So I thank you so much for being here. And oh, thanks, uh, for, for my listener who wants to uh, check out Caroline and all her good stuff, which I highly recommend, it'll all be on the show notes page. So thanks a bunch, Caroline. Thank you. It was so good chatting. And I swear during this pandemic, it is just wonderful to see everyone. I feel like you're my best friend here. It's so nice to talk with a live human. So awesome. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I feel the same way about you, my dear. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks so much. Thank you, Terry. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. 
That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.